Welcome to the Marietta First United Methodist Church Podcast. Marietta First is a community of disciples dedicated to living and serving faithfully our local community of Marietta, Georgia, and around the world. We are glad you're here. It is our prayer that this podcast offers you hope and grace on your own journey of faith. scripture lesson. I'm in the gospel of Luke, in the second chapter, starting with verse 27. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your holy people, Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. And then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, this child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be opposed, so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanled of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, and then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped there with fasting and prayer, night and day. And at the moment she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. Then, when they had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth, and the child grew. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God God indeed. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? Holy God, gracious God, you bring good news to our ears and our lives. News of a child, the long-awaited Messiah. News for us, news for our whole world. And may we hear it and receive it and let it transform our lives this day so that we may continue to be your Christmas people, spreading the good news, sharing the good news, living the good news of our Messiah. We pray this in Christ our Savior's name and all God's people say, Amen. It was the third day of Christmas. This is where I like to remind all of us that we are in the season of Christmas. Often now, people think that the 12 days of Christmas happen before the day of Christmas, but actually the 12 days of Christmas start on December 25th. Y'all all knew that, right? Y'all are smart group, had no doubt. But it was on the third day of Christmas that a text message went out between your clergy the pastors that said, 
I have gotten sick from Christmas Eve, I think. And then the next day, another one of us said, I think that I've gotten a cold now from Christmas Eve. And then on the fifth day of Christmas, it was the third clergy person who said, I think I have a chest cold myself. But, but Christmas Eve was spectacular here. If you were a part of it from the morning to the afternoon to late in the evening where in that last service as the candles were held up and it was a little after midnight and it was truly Christmas Day, this place was filled with God's glory from the morning and to the late evening and to Christmas morning. And through all of that, The Savior, the announcement of the Savior's birth, the long-awaited Messiah's birth was announced through song and through sermon and through our fellowship and through candles being lit and shared with one another and raised up high. And it was beautiful. Amen. It was beautiful because it was, again, a sign to the world that the light comes and cannot be extinguished, that Christ comes And his name is raised on high. And again, hope is born anew for each and every one of us. It was beautiful. And to be one of your pastors and to experience it here in this community is something that will live with me through all of my ministry. To get to take the light down the aisle and to take it to the ushers in the back knowing that they will take it up to the balcony and from there the light will start to shine and it will fill this whole place. Not once, not twice, not three, not four, but many times that day. And that we got to take that light out with us into the world. That we get to take that light today into the world. But we are in the middle of the season of Christmas, these 12 days that take us to January 6th, which is Epiphany, which is when we think about and celebrate the work of the wise men. Many years ago, when I first got into seminary, I was visiting my college friends. At that time, we all gathered back where we went to college because some of us had stayed around and even bought houses, and we found ourselves in LaGrange, Georgia. And at that time, we would do a progressive dinner with each other. At least enough of us had houses where one house could have the appetizers and another house would have the main course. And then we would walk down the way and we would have dessert at the third person's house. Well, I had gotten in a couple days early because I love my college friends. Still to this day, they are my closest friends. And I had already stopped by all their houses before the progressive dinner had even started for the next day. And I noticed in one of my friend's house, the the one that was going to host the main course, our main meal, that by the TV in their living room was the traditional nativity scene, the the manger-like scene with Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus and the sheep and the shepherds. But as I had gone through the house visiting with them, I had noticed that the wise men were on the dining room table in the middle of it. And I didn't think too much about it at that time, but I noticed it because I love nativity scenes. I love looking at how each one is depicted. And so the next day we went back for our main course, our main time together, and I noticed that the wise men were no longer on the dining room table. 
But they had made their way up on a top of a bookshelf on the other side of the living room. And I asked my friends who were hosting that part of our dinner, I said, I noticed yesterday that the wise men were in the middle of the dining room table, and today they find themselves at the top of the bookcase. My friend who I had gone to college with looked at her husband and said, just ask him about it. See, he was in seminary as well, going to a different seminary. He was um, from a Baptist tradition, me being from a Methodist tradition. We had lots of good conversations, friends. <laughs> and I said, what's, what's with the wise men? Why did they move today? And he said, they're on a journey, Blair. And every day I put them somewhere different in our house to mark the journey that will take them to January 6th, the Epiphany. And he said, today they find themselves on top of the bookcase, and tomorrow I don't know where they'll find themselves, but they'll be somewhere different. But slowly but surely, we'll get to Christmas, and then we'll get to those 12 days after, and I will start bringing them closer and closer to the main nativity scene so that they can come and adore the baby Jesus. That example from so long ago of those traveling wise men always come to the forefront of my thinking this time of year. To think of how they were journeying around his house and how I believe that these are the days that we are journeying in. As we are trying to understand in this season of Christmas the fullness of what it means that again we receive the good news of a Savior that has been born into our world, that light has come into our world, that cannot be extinguished, that love, unconditional love, is born into our world anew on that Christmas morning. It was a few years later, and a friend of mine, well, a former parishioner, someone who had actually heard me preach and share that same story about the wondering wise men, sent me something on Facebook. She said, I thought you might find this interesting. She had been, uh, she had found, it had been shared with her that these people had started what they actually called the wondering wise men on Facebook, it was a group. And there were little Lego figures that looked like wise men. And they had with them one camel. And every day, this family did the similar thing to what my friend had done, but with Lego figures. And it told a story of the wondering wise men as they traveled at the beginning of Advent to what would be January 6th as they went to find and discover the baby Jesus. This family that's been doing this Facebook group, The Wondering Wise Men, they are celebrating their 10th anniversary this year of doing this and putting it all over Facebook to share with people about the baby Jesus through some simple Lego figures. They announced at the beginning of this season, at the beginning of Advent this year, that this was going to be their last year of doing it for a while. They said the creativity had run out a little bit. 
But to watch that pop up on my Facebook every day, to see how these little Lego figures have made their way around the house with this camel and tell the story that again brings us to what will be Epiphany on January 6th is something spectacular and fun. But it gets you thinking. It gets you thinking about what it means to search and to find that these wise men took it upon themselves to follow a star, to follow a star so that they could find the Messiah that they didn't fully know about or understand, but they would change their lives, would change their lives. And they chose to keep searching and to find the one that would be under the star offering a promise and an assurance of something that would change the world. And I believe for each one of us, as we begin and are prepared and ready to begin a new year, that we are in that same state of mind, that we are searching, that we are trying to find the promises and the fullness of the assurances of God for our lives, like the wise men so long ago. Our scripture today is a, is a little bit different than the story of the wise men, but so similar. It says the child, the child grew. I love that phrase that we find there at the end of the scripture lesson today, the child grew. We know so few details of the adolescence of Jesus. This and one other story of Jesus staying in the temple and getting lost from his parents. It's a good story. You should check it out. It comes soon after this one here. It's about the only details we have of Jesus as a child. It says the child grew. For the parents, Mary and Joseph, have brought him to the temple for the customs of their tradition. And there they meet two important characters, wise people in their own right. First, Simeon, who has been waiting to know the Messiah, has been told by God, you will not die until you meet the Messiah. And the baby just comes into the presence of the temple. And Simeon knows immediately that this is the one that his heart has been searching for. This is the one that his life has been waiting to find, the promise of the Messiah. And he responds with what I believe is one of the most beautiful phrases of Scripture. It's the phrase that I have already put up on a post-it note up in my office that will guide me into the new year. And if you are looking for some words to help guide you into the new year, I offer to you verse 30. For my eyes have seen your salvation. He knows simply by putting his eyes on a baby, on a child, that salvation has come into his midst. And he praises the Lord. And he exalts this family. And he adores them in their presence. And the parents are baffled. They are baffled as to what has just transpired. They cannot believe what has been said to them. For just someone laying their eyes on the child, they know of the promises and the assurance of salvation. 
And they continue on with the rituals that are before them for the temple. And they meet one other person, a prophet named Anna. And she has waited a long time. She stays in the temple fasting and praying and waiting and searching for the good news of God. And in the simple presence of this child, she knows of the same assurance that she has found the long-awaited Messiah, the one who will change the world, the one who changes the world, the one who brings salvation to each of us. And she praises God's name, she praises this child, and there is wonderment all around this family in these moments. See, we are in the middle of these 12 days of Christmas. We are on the, the very edge of beginning a new year. And as Reverend Ryan said, we maybe are making some promises or some resolutions. Or maybe we gave up on that a long time ago. Amen. <laughs> but today, today I believe we are still searching. We are still waiting to find the promises and the assurances that the Messiah brings for our lives. But it's not just to search and it's not just to find, but the important part of all of this that we learn from the wise men and that we learn from Simeon and that we learn from Anna is that we must follow too. That we can wait and we can wait and we can search and we can find all we want, but what do we do when we find the promises of God? What do we do when the Messiah is born to us? What do we do with the good, good, good news that love, lovely love, has come down into our world anew? We follow. We make the choice to be a disciple of Jesus and we follow. We follow into this new year like they followed the star. We follow and we allow God to lead our lives and guide our lives so that we may be more faithful, that we may be more devoted, that we may be more loving and forgiving and hoping, that we may be Christ's disciples. See, that's what these 12 days prepare us for, I believe, as we come into a new year. It is the season when the good news rests in our souls. It is the season when the good news fills our hearts where they have been empty. It is the time when love restores us and redeems us and heals us. And we do all we can to search and to find, and we follow. Like they followed a star, 
like they followed the words of God and the promises to await them, like they followed and fasted and prayed in the temple, we follow now into this new year, this Christ child that will grow, grow in wisdom and grow in favor and grow in power and grow in love and grow and grow and grow. So that we know of our Savior. And we will follow what will take us into Lent and then Easter. And again, we will celebrate good news. But these are the days. These are the days when we allow love to restore us and renew us and fill us up with the good news of a Messiah. And we choose to follow. For as he grows this day in our lives, Christ our Lord, as he grows in power and favor, may he grow in a way that we may follow more closely, that we may follow with our whole heart to be his disciples within the walls of this church, but much more beyond the walls of this church, offering the same love we have been given. Amen. I think about those wise men that my friend would take and put all around his house. And I think about how we feel like we are traveling and journeying like that all the time in our faith. Amen that sometimes we feel that we are really close. And sometimes we feel like we may be got lost and put in the freezer. <laughs> the light of our Savior shines in the midst of all of it. The light of our Savior shines in our lives today as we held up those candles on Christmas Eve. The light shines and it shines now in this place. And we are called to follow. Thank you for listening to the Marietta First United Methodist Church podcast. For more information about Marietta First United Methodist Church, we invite you to connect with us online at MarietaFUMC.org or on Facebook at MarietaFUMC.org.